Good morning, Northern Michigan, and welcome to Northern Focus Q100's Community Affairs and Events Program. We host each and every Friday through our partnership with Kirtland Community College. Do something today for your future that you can be proud of and visit kirtland.edu, Michigan's finest educational website. We start the program today with Matthew Rice, who's the Director of Communications over at Kirtland. Matt, how are you? I'm doing fine this morning. How about you? Uh, You know... It's uh, I guess it's spring, yeah, right? And I know almost. I had to drive south yesterday almost and uh, go get some golfing in. I was yeah. so warm. I was like, you know what? Good idea. But, uh, it's probably not going to stay this way if I have to guess. I would guess as well. What uh, what's going on at Kirtland? Oh man, well, you know, always going. That's for yep. sure. Always yep. moving forward. Well, we got a couple big events. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago we mentioned the FAFSA Walk In Wednesdays. Uh-huh. Our first one begins next Wednesday, February fourteenth. Right. Um, and we are offering two sessions in which people can come in and have all their questions answered for FAFSA and fill out their FAFSA with our financial aid department. Yeah. That first session is a walk-in. You can come in, no appointment needed, no nothing needed. And that's from 11 to 2.30, and that's on campus. Um, and it's going to be in our library. So we have computers set up for you. Everything's going to be ready to go. You walk in, we'll get you squared away. And then in the evening, we're going to have those appointments beginning again from 5.30 to 8, and those are virtual. And those do require appointments, but you can register online through our event calendar. It'll be there, Fastful Wednesdays. And pick your spot, and you'll be seen by our financial aid specialist. Very briefly, I was in FAFSA yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, My son has applied for what's called as an IDS, which uh, relates to your repayment of student loans with your income. And you have to... Anyways, long story short, uh, he submitted that over a week ago and hasn't heard anything back. Correct. Because that's one of the issues. One of the issues. Yeah, yes, yes. that's right. And that's what we're trying, you know, that's a big thing with these FAFSA walk-in Wednesdays that we're trying to prevent future students and current students from dealing with right. is let's get it right the first time so yep. that if you don't hear back for X amount of time, come the due date you're not getting something back and you're like scrambling to fix it or find it out or they are in there it's just there's very few people working in a very big system exactly i mean it's a federal system right i mean it's there's so much going into it and because of the changes there's a lot of hiccups yeah so we're pretty excited about that and then um we're bringing back our kickstart program that we do in the spring Uh we'll be start announcing that starting promoting that here soon and what that is that's pretty much from any graduate from 2020 to now so anywhere from 18 to 23, 24 year olds that didn't go on to college or that are graduating high school now, yeah. it's a chance for them to kickstart their college experience. Right. Uh, it's a six day event where they come in, they get everything they need your book bag, your pencils, your materials. We give you gas cards for travel if you're wow. traveling from a distance, and That's... we have door prizes. And you get to experience the college atmosphere before the fall you know when you're on your own you have all your classes and now you have to figure it out it's like pre-orientation yes exactly yeah and we also give you a taste of what college classes are like by uh, offering english comp and math comp so we actually give you those courses during this time and you also will hear some forms from our financial aid department michigan works Uh and other departments in the schools to kind of you know get that feel and then finally on the last day we'll have a huge award ceremony we'll be giving out I think last year we gave out iPads, we gave out Beats headphones, you know, really cool stuff. And to caveat, to top off the you know the cherry on top, if you register and attend Kirtland in the fall from this program, uh-huh. we'll give you five hundred dollars store credit, and we'll buy you your laptop. 
<laughs> so I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty That's sweet, pretty deal. dramatic, right? Yeah. No, so we're looking forward to. It. We had great success our first year last year. You know, we had a, a low standard of how many people would attend, and we blew it out of the water. So this year, you know, we're putting a lot more into it. We're diving into it a little bit more, developing it a little bit more, making it more appealing to uh, those students that want to attend this, and are looking really forward to it. So. We're going to be kicking that off. Uh, does it have its own tab on the website? It does. It okay. has its own landing page. It'll yep. be, it's on the event calendar. All you have to go to is kirtland.edu slash kickstart, and you'll find out all the information from there. And we'll also be doing some promotion. You'll see stuff coming out of Kirtland in the following months, You know, further pushing it and trying to get people to attend. Well, I'm sure we'll, you'll be having 30-second uh, commercials on our radio station about it as uh, well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Already in the works. It's got to develop. Uh, all right. Matthew Rice from Kirtland Community College. Great news about the restoring the Kickstart program. It's going to be very helpful to a lot of uh, new uh, incoming students. Absolutely. We are looking forward to and excited about it. All right. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. Are you looking to complete your FAFSA but need help? Kirtland Community College has got you covered. Join us for Walk-In Wednesdays, February 14th, 21st, 28th, and March 6th. Meet us in person between 11 and 2, or schedule an online appointment from 5.30 to 8. Finish your FAFSA with help from our financial experts. Questions? Call us at 989-275-5000, extension 284. 989-275-5000, extension 284. Join us for Walk-In Wednesdays. For your FAFSA questions, find their answers at Kirtland Community College, 989-275-5000. Kirtland.edu. Kirtland Community College. Discover you. Tune in to the queue at 6.15 before each Grayling High School Vikings game for the Michigan Army National Guard Hoops and Scoops show. It's a look at that night's matchups brought to you by the Michigan Army National Guard. Always ready, always there. Q100 Michigan, simply the best. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Portions of this program were pre-recorded, but I'm live in studio with Nancy Goodyear, who is the director over at the Crawford County Community Christian Help Center. And uh, so tell us a little bit about this Lenten devotional and the fundraiser attached to it. All right, so it's actually a Lenten coin collection uh, fundraiser. And what it is is we've created a calendar um, that you choose whatever coin you want to donate during Lent. So Lent's a time of you know reflection, a time sure. of giving, a time of you know cutting fasting, back on things, fasting, yep. cutting mm-hmm. back on things. So what this does is the Lenten calendar, you choose a coin each day, whether it's a penny, nickel, dime, quarter, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then it, you look at the thing. For instance, on Wednesday, it says you put in a coin for every lamp in your house. So you have to go around and count how many lamps are in your house. Okay. And that's how many coins then that you would donate. And it goes through like that whole week is all about light. So the you have 40 a, days of Lent. 40 days of Lent. Yep. Each week is something different. Uh-huh. One one week it's about you know light and energy. One is about food. One's about clothing. Okay. Uh, one's about shelter. I mean, it, that kind of stuff. And then on Sunday, it asks you to um, pray today for people who don't have those things. Right. You know, so people like come, who come to the food pantry who can't pay their light bill, um, who need food. So it's just a way for us to kind of do a fundraiser and also do a 40-day of Lent you know, reflection on the work that we do. Yeah, the... Um uh, I, being Catholic, I've you know gone through how many Lent sixty, <laughs> whatever or fifty that I can remember 
you know, uh, Ash Wednesday leading to through the Lenten season. Through Easter. Yep. yep. And um, that's why we have Fat Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Shrove Tuesday, Fat Tuesday. That's yes. right. That's it's why Mardi Gras. Mardi, Mardi Gras. The, uh, the invention party, of Mardi Gras. Yes, party, yes. Party until before. Lent. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I like that it's uh, the focus has kind of shifted a little bit about denying yourself something or to maybe focusing on people that do not have it nearly as good as you do. Correct. That's yeah. what it's doing. It's kind of making your Lenten focus be more about someone else other than yourself, right. obviously. So, yes. Yep. Um, so, I, I think that's a wonderful idea. Now, how? where's the calendar listed? Are, are you giving people... Uh, uh, collection boxes, you know, like uh, oh, during the holidays. Yeah, no, yeah, no, okay. No. So no, this is all on their own. Okay. And what I've told people is, you know, collect the coins at home and then turn those into a check and bring to the, you know, food pantry. Or if you're like me, I kind of cheat a little bit and I just write down on the calendar the number each day and then take that number and turn it into a check at the end. So you can or, or you could take way. all those coins over to uh, family, family fair, fair yes, and dump coin it in Coinstar yes. and then and bring Nancy the uh, the receipt. The receipt, you can do that too. <laughs> so and the, if you want a calendar, um, I've got them at the food pantry. You can stop by and pick them up if you'd like or Email me or call me, and I will send you one because I've got them electronic. What's your email? The email is director, four C's, C, 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 an H, and a C. So it's the initials for our really long name. The the, the, uh, Crawford County Community Christian Help Center. Yes, so it's director at C, 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 H, C, C, at gmail.com. Or you can call 989-348-348. Six zero four six. Yeah, the, you also have a Facebook page. Yes, we do. Yeah, so yep. th- that so might be an easy way send, to do send it. us a message through Facebook. Yes, and I can send you one. Well, too. Nancy, I, I I love the idea. Thanks for presenting it to You're us welcome. here on Northern Focus. You're welcome. Have a great week. All right, we will be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. At Compassionate Care Home Health Services, we take pride in what we do. Perhaps it's time to give yourself a break from the cooking, cleaning, errands, and laundry. Our caregivers provide your loved one with the courtesy and respect they deserve. For peace of mind, visit CompassionateCareMI.com. This is Jody Wilk from Compassionate Care Home Health Services. When only home will do. Compassionate Care Home When you love someone, it's customary to somehow let them know. I'm Erin Martins of Hogan's Jewelers in Gaylord. So who do you love? How are you letting them know? Many people get tongue-tied about expressing their feelings. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You just have to be resourceful at finding ways to convey it. Enter Hogan's Jewelers. No, I'm not speaking metaphorically. I'm saying literally open the door here at Hogan's and come inside. You want to talk about ways to express your love for someone? The store is full of ways to say it wordlessly, but loud and clear at the same time. You can spend as much as you like. It doesn't have to be a fortune for the message to get through to the one you love. Spouses, significant others, fathers, mothers, daughters, sons. We have appropriate ways to express love for everyone. So don't keep it bottled up inside. Come in, find the item that will bring joy both to the giver and the recipient. When it comes to spreading and expressing the love, we are your co-conspirators. On Main Street, M32 in downtown Gaylord, Hogan's Jewelers.
Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Jerry Coyne is on the phone with Trevor Tkach, who is the director, or what is your title at TC Tourism, Trevor? I am the president and CEO. President and CEO. And um, you got some very exciting news that came out a couple days ago about an alliance with tourism and hospitality. Yeah, this is really exciting. Uh, there's obviously a lot of businesses in the state of Michigan that rely heavily on the visitor economy. And we haven't really had um, a, joint, a collective voice to speak on big issues like Pure Michigan uh, in the past. And so uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be a part of a time where we're bringing all parties together. And so Traverse City Tourism, along with a variety of other associations and groups across the state are joining forces to help tell the good stories of hospitality and tourism to our legislature, to the administration of our state, uh, and even locally, of course, to make sure that people understand how important this is to our state's economy, how important it is to our communities, how, how important it is to us and our neighbors. This is part of our livelihood, so it's a very, very special thing. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you brought this up. I had an interview last week with John Van Wagner, and we mentioned the fact that there was some pushback uh, about the state wanting to allow schools to open before Labor Day. And John pointed out, and some of the legislature, uh, legislators up here said that we can't do that because we have too many high school kids working in the hospitality industry until after Labor Day. Well, that's been an important point. And having grown up here myself, I'm a Traverse City native. Hey, man, I wouldn't have been able to go to college had I not had the opportunity to wash dishes at Ponderosa. You know what I mean? Like, we <laughs> had to have this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, it's a give and a take, right? There's a give and a take to everything. Education, obviously, is paramount. That's why I was working, so I could continue my education. Every area is different, but we're grateful that, um, that you know, people have, have understood this. Our, our public schools here have been very thoughtful about what does our community need, you know? And right. so hopefully we can we can help tie in the tourism and hospitality needs as well to make sure that we're all uh, winning together. So I know that uh, you've been working with our local legislators, and uh, we're going to have John DeMoose on about this as well. Uh, is there a couple of things that you see uh, coming out of this right away that will help address some issues that have been bothering you at TC Tourism? Well, first and foremost, as I mentioned, this, for me uh, and for our organization, it's all about, and I think there's been a, a lot of back and forth as to what the right amount of money is to invest in this and a lot of skepticism, but the reality is Pure Michigan opens the door for destinations all across our state to reach out and grab more business opportunity for their communities. It keeps businesses, uh, you know, sustainable. It keeps people more fully employed. This is an important part of our economy. So, I, you know, I want to see more put into that. And obviously, I'm not alone in this. So, trying to find a way to encourage uh, investment in this because it's truly an investment. This is not just throwing money out the window. We get tax returns when people come into our state. They spend money. You know, there's taxes on gas, there's taxes on a hotel room, there's taxes on food and beverage. So it's a, it's a net gain for our state when we do uh, these marketing campaigns and, and promote more more visitor economy transactions in our state. It's, it's technically an export. So when people come into our state and they spend money, 
it's technically an export because it's somebody coming from outside our market giving us money right. that's staying in our state. So it's very important to us. Uh, Trevor, uh, just uh, since I have you on the phone, um, I know as a advertiser and someone who deals with a lot of small businesses, what do you calculate is the negative impact of what we haven't had as a winter? Oh, well, that's a tough one to quantify. You know, it, it's been pretty pretty challenging. November and December were tough right. for the Traverse City area because, you know, we, we have had early ski seasons. And for us to have to wait till January, I will say, you know, January is more promising. Uh, you know, who who's to say, you know, we're definitely feeling effects of, uh, you know, some climate change and some shifting. And, and we need to be cognizant of that moving forward. What I will say, though, is... Uh, properties like Crystal Mountain, who are had the foresight to invest in snowmaking capacity. I was just out there yesterday. It is perfect. Like, you know, it's 40 degrees right. skiing on a base that's legitimate uh, any time of the year. So I think that's trying to help communicate downstate to those who are, are not seeing any snow that, yeah, we still have skiing, we still have opportunity. But obviously, Jerry, you know, it's not the same uh, we don't have the same cross-country skiing as we did. We don't have the same right. snowmobiling. So we got to find new ways to tell our story. Yeah, you know, obviously canceling the Vasa races was, you know, really heartbreaking to a lot of people. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's an inference like, oh, we, you know, maybe we have an early spring and, you know, we reap the benefits of that. I know um, it, that's always going to be an issue. The weather in northern Michigan is usually beautiful no matter whether it's cold or warm. And uh, but I just I've been reading some things and and talking to some business owners and obviously we'd like more snow on the ground. Um, the other question I had for you, Trevor, uh, how many new hotel rooms are opening up this year? I mean, it's quite an uh, influx of new new lodging. It, it is. You know, it's interesting to watch. Obviously, there's a lot of demand uh, for the summer months, and that's what I think we all need to have tempered expectations as a community. Just because we have more inventory doesn't mean we necessarily see influx of visitorship in the winter or in the spring or fall, for that matter. It, it takes vigilance and hard work, bringing groups in and, and being thoughtful about storytelling that entices folks north all throughout the year. But I will say, yes, we will have, uh, well, I think four hotels that should open up in 2024, the right. first being the Avid over on the East Bay side, and yep. residents in and uh, we'll have a new uh, Fairfield by Marriott and a uh, home too, uh, just behind Chick Fil A. So there's there's a lot of projects going on, man, and uh, you know it's exciting times. Um, but at the same time, you know we're trying to be thoughtful as a collective Traverse City Tourism organization to make sure that uh, you know we're we're helping to fill space and and manage this properly. So, so that these business, you don't want to see people go out of business, right, Jerry? You're trying to make no, sure that no. <laughs> we're spreading yeah. the demand in a way that keeps businesses afloat and keeps people employed, uh, fully employed, as I said. The, I guess the last thing I wanted to point out and get your opinion, I, I went to a number of your uh, meetings and um, uh, there was a an emphasis on the, the horse uh, shows, that TC Tourism was helping expose, and it looked like that was quite successful. What is your view on how that all worked out uh, this past year? Oh, it's a phenomenal group, and I'm a huge fan of, of Matt Morrissey and all the work he's done out there, and I'm glad you brought this up because they continue uh, as a private group to continue to invest in this region. Yeah. Uh, 
and they're and they're starting to fill space in June and September. They're not focusing in just solely on July and August. And these are times of the year where we need help. We right. just do. You know, we're 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 not at full capacity. So to fill those gaps in and, and cause a compression that allows people to, as I said, uh, be sustainable in their business practice. That's a great upside for us. So to see to see them look at this thoughtfully and continue to grow in a in a way that'll help our community is fantastic. Trevor Dukach from TC Tourism. Thanks for joining us here on Northern Focus, Trevor. Uh, congratulations on the alliance with the the hospitality business. I know it's just going to make what this region is even better. I totally agree, Jerry. Thank you. All right, we will be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. Hi, folks. Jim Jeffries for Michigan Trailers in Traverse City. We're excited to announce the addition of air tow trailers to our lineup. These are unique trailers with the ability to lower to the ground for loading and then raise back up to trailering height. No more need for ramps, tilt beds, and lift gates with payload capacities up to 14,000 pounds. We are currently stocking open utility and clothes and dump versions for immediate delivery. See them today on US 31 South across from Menards, Traverse City, or visit us online at michigantrailers.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older than Michigan to play. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Jerry Coyne is on the phone with Greg Salisbury from Consumers Energy. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Good morning, Jerry. It's great. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the weather is quite different than it was a couple weeks ago when uh, some serious so- storms swept through the state. And I don't remember the exact number of uh, cons- uh, Consumers Energy customers that were out of power but the speed of which you got them back up and living their normal lives is quite remarkable. Yeah, we uh, we got a little bit of a one-two punch there with a bunch of heavy snow. the the first The first wave came early that week, and we had about a hundred thousand customers out, and we restored ninety seven percent of our customers within twenty four hours. Yeah, uh, the I, second one hit. Yeah, yeah, right after we had it again. Yeah, when I saw that press release, I, I reached out to Brian and said, "Look, at this is, you know, uh, you guys get the brunt of some people's anger. You know, when some people are out of power for three or four days, it can be quite frustrating. But I, I think you guys should get kudos when you get a storm like that. You got crews out all over the place, and everybody's got their power back in 24 hours. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jerry. That that second wave was even bigger. We had almost 200,000 customers out. Um, in that second wave, we had 87% back on in 24 hours, 99% back on in 48 hours. Yeah. So we were working really hard you know last year we released our reliability roadmap and we said in in a 10-year plan 
we're going to build our system strong enough that we never have more than 100,000 out, and we're going to be good enough at restoration that we can restore 100,000 in less than 24 hours. So in that week, there were two 24-hour periods that we restored over 100,000 customers. Super proud of that, but we know that when you're out of power, every hour seems like forever. Oh, so God, we yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely get the frustration. No, that is, you know, the, the truer words have never been spoken. God, where is the power? Well, it's only been out for 20 minutes, honey. You know? <laughs> and to the kids, it means the Internet's out, uh, right? That yeah. might be the biggest problem there. Well, that's, you know, and, and maybe that's a good thing sometimes. Okay, kids, let's go out and, you know, do some sledding or make a snowman or, you know, we don't always have to be uh, uh, playing video games or whatever. I know a lot of this came about, uh, Greg, because uh, last year we had you on the show about that reliability roadmap uh, map and all the efforts you were taking to get to the point we just mentioned yes we uh we had a good year last year in delivering the work that we said we would we had over 150 major upgrades across the lower peninsula we cleared tree branches and dead trees from around 7,000 miles of power lines which is our number one risk factor we upgraded re and rebuilt over 100 substations and we we talked last year about making the grid smarter like the grid of tomorrow will not be the grid of our grandfathers right and we've added last year over a hundred automatic transfer reclosers that will reset the circuit if it's just a, a quick contact with a tree limb or if it's a full damage event those same devices can reroute power between circuits and really minimize the amount of customers out as well as send our crews right to where the outage is yeah, I think it's important to note that, Greg, and, and part of that discussion I remember last year was, you know, we were kind of referencing the, you know, the total grid failure that happened back in the, the late 80s, um, where, you know, a, a, a bulk of the Midwest was out of power for a couple of days, and um, and then there had been conversations going forward. Well, they never did anything to address the grid. Well, obviously that's not true. Yeah, like we talked, there's been things done across the nation with the establishment of these independent system operators like the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator that we participate in, where there's a, a line of states that runs from Louisiana all the way up to Michigan and Minnesota that, that mutually support each other with the generation and distribution of electricity. And, and so that compartmentalizes the national grid. And that's the kind of things we're doing here on a smaller scale is strengthening our grid, sectionalizing it differently, and then adding the automation so that if there's an outage, we know right where it is, we can fix it faster, and, and in some cases, fix it in an automated fashion so it's almost immediate. So uh, as far as reliability and sustainability, Greg, what are kind of the goals? Are, are, are you guys have a bold goal, like we're going to cut that time in half that we just talked about, or, or a little bit more modest changes? So think of two factors in getting power restored quickly. We are continuing to learn and get better at the, the task of restoring power when there are outages. We're studying the, the best utilities around the country, and we're emulating their practices. So that however many customers are out, that we're super safe and efficient in getting power restored. That's about speed. The other factor is about about how often there's outages and how many there are. Right. And so our, reliab our reliability roadmap, again this year, 
as our, our five factors. We're going to continue to trim about 7,000 miles of trees. We're going to continue adding fuses on the laterals so that if a, if a line that has five or six houses on it has a tree fall, the rest of that circuit, which could be 100 miles and 1,000 customers, right. will be impacted by right. it. Yeah. We're going to con- continue this inspection, right? Just like getting your oil changed on your car and having an inspection, we're inspecting 100% of our 5,000 miles of high-voltage lines, and we're res- inspecting 50% of our 50,000 miles of low-voltage lines, and then fixing what we find immediately before it breaks. So those are the basics of having a stronger grid. I talked about automating and sectionalizing the grid. That's the fourth element. And then the fifth element is hardening it. And that can mean installing tree wire above ground with big poles so that even if there's a half inch of ice and 60, 80 mile an hour winds, or if a tree falls on the line, it still stays. And then there's going to be miles that we underground where there's just too many trees and too much expense, and it's cheaper to bury it. We'll be doing 10 miles of that kind of undergrounding to prove out for the for the public service commission that we can do it and we can do it prudently and then that's going to get bigger and bigger over time that's fantastic stuff greg salisbury from consumers energy thanks for joining us on northern focus and for more of this information people can turn to cmsenergy.com thank you jerry have a great afternoon all right we'll be back after these words from our fine partners on q100's northern focus brought to us by kirtland community college goodies in the green room Come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. Stop by Tinker's Junction this weekend for Northern Michigan's best live entertainment. Hey, everybody, it's Katie, and we are bringing in Mardi Gras this week. We've got Wednesday night cornhole, Al and Diane for karaoke on Friday night, and that's when the party begins. We're finishing it off with Northern Ground Live on Saturday with Tyler Roy and the Northern Ground Band. Rocking and putting on a fantastic show. Don't miss the action, and make sure you dress for the occasion. Mardi Gras. We'll see you out there. At Tinker's Junction. This is Kevin Johnson, president of Johnson's Propane. We are a locally owned and operated business since 1954 here in Northern Michigan. We have been ranked number one by People's Choice for Northern Michigan's propane supplier year in and year out, thanks to our loyal customers. We want to invite any homeowner to give us a call for our switch out special. Here at Johnson's Propane, safety is our number one priority because we have families too. Visit us at johnsonspropane.com or like us on Facebook for our weekly promotions and specials. Johnson's Propane, a name you can trust. Yeah, there you go. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Jerry Coyne is in studio with Kevin Klein from uh, TVC Cherry Capital Airport. And, Kevin, big story out uh, that caught my eye and so glad that you're able to uh, address it uh, about uh, the possibility that the Blue Angels won't be able to fly in and do their customary air show for Cherry Fest. Well, the Blue Angels will be here. We're fully planning on them being here. And I think that's, you know, the headline is to catch you to read the paper. But what really is what it's all about is the overall impact of the air show to the airport right. and the community, the traveling public. And it's trying to find a balance to all of that. Uh-huh. So, of course, you know, everybody looks at the Blue Angels and we don't want to lose them. Neither does the airport. Right. You know, and we're aviation enthusiasts. We love air shows. We've been a part of air shows. But they need to be managed properly so the impact 
the air traveling public. And we've got to keep these shows safe. So when we look at what's going on, and so I, I want to explain the whole program yeah, from do. start right. to finish. So when the Blue Angels come into town, they focus on practicing on Thursday. Then they fly a practice show Friday. Right. And then the show's Saturday, Sunday. On Thursday, they shut the airport down for three hours. And so when they do that, nobody can go. No airplanes move. Right. Everything is done. So we have to balance the airline schedules around those three hours yeah. for that day. And then you're talking about peak season. Oh, yeah. It's peak season. It's yep. July, our busiest month of the year. And so as we go to do that and work that out, years ago, even 10 years ago, we had three airlines. We had five nonstop destinations. Right. This year, this summer, we have five airlines, 18 nonstop destinations. Most likely by summer, we'll have 19 nonstop destinations. And, and that's daily. That's daily. Yeah. And so you're, you're looking at, you know, two to three flights 10 years ago being impacted. I have 30 flights this year that will be impacted by the Cherry Festival. So it's, it's a balancing game. No yeah. one's saying we're stopping the air show. We just got to do it differently. And yeah. one of the ways that what is the issue that has come forward in the discussion is Cherry Festival applies for an airport permit to operate the air show because we fall in that five nautical mile ring that's around show center. Uh-huh. When the, anything high performance, blues included in that, but A-10s, F-16, that shuts us down for them also. So what we're trying to do is between the one and three o'clock hour before the blues perform, Let's put in what we've seen all the time in the past, which is our local assets, the Coast Guard, you know, Yankee Air Force, P-51 Mustangs, all those, you know, last year was the T-6 uh, Texan Raiders that were there. All that stuff, let's do that one to three. Uh-huh. And then the Blue Angels, you know. And so, like a rock concert, your headline band, our headline act is the Blue Angels. Right. You want them to go. But... Your opening band is usually an up-and-coming band, something that's less impact. You know, you usually don't have two headliners. Right. And that's what we're trying to do. And the audience is much less. Yes, and yeah. it's usually not there. Yep. So that's what this is all about, is making sure we don't impact now instead of the three hours on Thursday, an hour each day following to make that then uh, three hours Thursday, three hours Friday, three hours Saturday, yeah. three hours Sunday. So we're trying to make sure we reduce that impact. What people don't see, though... Let, let me ask you really quickly, yeah. as, a, as a lay person that doesn't know anything about this stuff, why does the Blue Angels need three hours? I mean, the planes come in and they land. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, they, they land quickly. You know, I can't imagine. So you have sure. to have three hours. So on Thursday, what they do is they go out in three separate formations. So the first formation is what they call their diamond formation. It's the four airplanes. Yeah, you've seen those. Yep. Yeah. So they go it's out. Very and, cool. Yep. And they set up their sight lines on the show center um, and get all their different angles as their approach and to verify all the information they've had from years before. Sure. To make sure things are the same. Look at obstructions like antennas, you know, all that kind of stuff, ground terrain, everything. Then the two solos go out, um, the opposing solos that you usually see that are doing the crisscrosses and right. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They go out, do their sight line, and then they all go out together on Thursday. So that's but three hours That's there. the three yeah. hours. Okay. And then um, on Friday, they all go out together and then, of course, perform the show. So. Right. 
So that that is what the strain is. And so we go and try to, you know, work around that. So as Cherry Festival came to us for their permit this year, we said, hey, we're having a little issue. We got a lot more flights. Yeah. And so we got to work that out. And, you know, it's it's very good relationship. We're strong partners. Oh, sure. And so we'll get that worked out. I'm not worried about it. But there's opportunity here because we already know next year that the Thunderbirds have scheduled a different show. They're doing a fourth. It's the fourth of July is when the show and they have their um, already commitments to some of these military other shows that are out there. Right. So what we're saying is, hey, 2024, we're pretty much all set. We're, We're getting there. 2025, let's do something fun let's you know take that ga aircraft let's get something different you know there was a nighttime air show many years ago is that an option is there drone shows we just the saw dro- the, big yeah, the drone show at the lions yeah no and no the, the, the drone they just had one in grayling yeah yeah I, I mean it's pretty cool so it's something different yeah and we're hearing from a lot of people too is you know Air Cherry Festival air shows kind of, and this is I'm quoting somebody from a comment. It's been like Groundhog Day, same thing. I over you know what? So yeah. let's throw some changes in there, shake it up, do something different, and then you know, in the third year, 2026, that's the hundredth anniversary of the Cherry Festival. An opportunity to even bring you know whether the blues come back. That's an opportunity. You know, all kinds of things can happen. It's just we got to start thinking differently. There's no doubt. You look at. The Gaylord Air Show ended it. They had the same thing. You know, we've done the same thing seven years in a row. Does the, you know, does the squeeze equal the juice is what the the new popular thing is to say, you know? Absolutely. So when we look at the potential air impact in dollars, so the airport to able to operate the air show, to have all the people there for the safe operation, all the equipment, everything, it costs us about $100,000 to to put on that. That is our cost. That's not borne by any taxpayer or anybody else. It's 100% from the airport. It's like your gift to the Cherry Festival. It's like our gift to the Cherry Festival. However, if we were to look at what does that impact on the airlines and the number of flights, the car rentals, the gift shop, if we look at the overall impact... It could potentially impact $3.4 million worth of business. Well, the argument to that would be, Kevin, as you know, a lot of the locals go, I don't care how many people are here at Cherry. I'm getting the hell out of here. Well, you know, and, and, and so that's the other You know, I'm kidding. Oh, you know, I get it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. But one of the things, too, is we got to look at is what happens in July impacts us what we do in January. And I, I always use the reverse analysis because we talk about snow removal. What right. we do in January impacts us in the number of flights in July. Right. And when I say that is, if we can control cancellations and things that are things that we're purposely doing, um, that will reflect on our ability to get flights in and out all year. And so when an airline is evaluating in a market today where all flights make money for the airlines, I want to make sure everybody understands that. If we cause cancellations and losses of profits and revenue to an airline, they're going to say, well, I'm not going to send it to Traverse City. Right. I'm going to send it to Peoria. Yeah. Or and, Lansing. Or, or Lansing yeah, or someplace right. else yeah. that is going to continue to make money. Why would I get the hassle? Right. And so we're looking at it as we don't even want the airline to think about that. Right. It's our job as the local group to to balance this right. schedule, to make it all happen, and and still have a great show. Yeah. And and so that's that's what this whole conversation is about. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
when you work change and everything else, everybody gets really concerned and worried. It's an opportunity to make it better. Right. And I, I, you know, I really am looking at is, you know, one of the things that we see, like with the Coast Guard open ramp, it's a four hour time frame where 15,000 people rush to the airport, try to get to see the airplanes up and close. Right. A static air show for multiple days could bring in lots of people. That's another alternative to things going on. And so it's just right now where I I think people are very worried because of what's always been. And I say, hey, take a deep breath. It's about time of making it even better. Um, And we don't want... Change is inevitable. Okay? Look at We've had 50 years of bad Lions football. That changed. That changed. (laughs) It did. And, 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 And so some of the things that people don't think about, what are the other impacts? So I was with a group this morning that reminded me of just a couple years ago. You know, North Flight Aeromed flies their helicopters during the show. Right. You know, and it made it difficult to do a uh, patient transport. They had to end up using out, go out to Kalkaska um, and do something out there to do a patient transport where that should have had the air show go flat and done the proper transport at the hospital. So those were some things that have come up as issues. We've had passenger flights all loaded and then go to taxi out and the Blue Angels depart, and then those all those flights have to stay on the ramp and wait. And so it could be an hour and a half, two-hour wait before they go. No one wants to be in that position. No. So all the things that we're doing is to avoid any of those hiccups, right. avoid that. And it's, you know, sure, no one wants to, as we said earlier, no one wants to change, but... When we do the change, it's going to be for the better. There you go. Kevin Klein from TVC Cherry Capital Leopard, thanks for joining us on Northern Focus and addressing this because I knew that you'd have the whole story, not, you know, a panic headline. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. Are you looking to complete your FAFSA but need help? Kirtland Community College has got you covered. Join us for Walk-In Wednesdays, February 14th, 21st, 28th, and March 6th. Meet us in person between 11 and 2, or schedule an online appointment from 5.30 to 8. Finish your FAFSA with help from our financial experts. Questions? Call us at 989-275-5000, extension 284. 989-275-5000. Extension 284. Join us for Walk-In Wednesdays. For your FAFSA questions, find their answers at Kirtland Community College. 989-275-5000. Kirtland.edu. Kirtland Community College. Winning is in the air this February at Saginaw Eagles Landing Casino and Hotel during Cupid's Cash Giveaway. Join us Saturdays from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. for the chance to spin Cupid's wheel. You could be one of the lucky members to take home a share of over $68,000 in cash, premium play, and more. It's the Cupid's Cash Giveaway only at Saginaw Eagles Landing Casino and Hotel. Real fun, real friendly. Visit Saginaw-EaglesLanding.com for complete rules and details. 
Joe Mama's Blues Kitchen every Tuesday night and Sunday morning at 8. Or hear the streamcast anytime at Q100Michigan.com. Presented by The Warehouse in Mayo. Furniture, appliances, mattresses, and more. TheWarehouseInMayo.com. Q100 Michigan. Simply the best. Catch all the action of Grayling Viking High School Sports on Q100. Brought to you in part by Jeff Halstead, your local State Farm agent. For a competitive insurance quote, call 989-348-2424. Q100, home of Grayling High School Viking Sports. Welcome back to Northern Focus here on Q100, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Jerry Coyne is on the phone with Senator John DeMoose from the 37th District. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Hi, Jerry. How are you today? I, I'm great. Thanks for joining us. It's been a little bit. Um, it has. You guys have been in session now for, what, just about a month? Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's been a slow session so far, but we're, this week was the first week that sort of felt like we were getting back to normal with committee meetings and actual work down there. It's been a slow start to the year in Lansing and a busy start up here. So, Yeah, uh, we just got done uh, talking to Trevor Tkach from uh, TC Tourism, and I know that you have yep. put in a lot of work on this uh, Hospitality and Tourism Alliance. Well, it's great, and Trevor's a good ally in all of this, and I was excited. They approached me, um, a group of people, to ask if, if I'd be willing to, to chair and um, help start this this uh, Hospitality and Tourism Caucus within the, within the legislature. And so it, I was delighted because, I mean, this defines our area. There's no question about it, that oh, this yeah. is at the bedrock of our economy. So we're going to try and do it, I mean, with... We've got a lot of legislative goals and um, a lot of things to accomplish to rebuild this industry after some real challenging years we've had. Yeah, what are a couple of the items that you are targeting that you'll like circle back to? Um, you mentioned uh, before we went on the air about the the budget, so I'm sure you're going to be looking at what dollars are going to be allocated to Pure Michigan and some of the other yeah. th things in the state. Well, uh, you're exactly right. So Pure Michigan is uh, at the top of our list to restore this. I mean, last year it just kind of disappeared with no warning at all. But, you know, a lot of times people question, well, what, what does an ad campaign really do? But we have to remember <laughs> that Michigan has a serious image problem around the country. And those of us who live here in Michigan, especially those of us in northern Michigan, know it's an amazing place to live. I mean, it's just beautiful. There's things to do all year round. It's just a great place. But our business, for instance, was always headquartered here. And we did mo most of our clients were out of state. And I'd go down to places like Washington, D.C., where we had a lot of clients. They'd look at you like, what are you doing in Michigan? And all they'd ever hear about Michigan was like crime in Detroit or right. the Flint water crisis and these type of things. So the bottom line is when that Pure Michigan campaign started running, it made an impact around the country. Like, oh, wait, that looks pretty cool. And people would come and visit. And what everybody says is you got to see it and you got to come here before right. you'll think about moving here. So it's a real important, that's a big, big mission of ours. Well, we know how many people are trying to move into the area. Uh, lots yeah. of housing projects in and around the Traverse City area. And there's... There's one in our backyard here in Grayling. So uh, that is starting to get addressed because not only does yep. it uh, affect the people that want to move here, it all also affects the people that need to live in the area so they can work in this industry. A hundred percent. This is everywhere I go. Uh, this is 
probably the top thing I'm hearing about from businesses, from schools. You know, we, we've had, I've heard this over and over again, where we have a huge teacher shortage here and they, different districts have hired teachers. They come up here, try to find a place to live and they can't. So they go somewhere else. Right. And the point is, you know, there's no magic bullet on this. I mean, I don't think it's going to be some policy that we can pass that all of a sudden fixes it. We're going to have to be real creative. And there's a lot of good things in our district. I mean, up near where I live in a, uh, a town called the Lanson, Habitat for Humanity is building a 43-home neighborhood yeah. from scratch. I mean, great idea. And we're, we're trying to get them some funding. There's another uh, program in uh, outside of Traverse City where the schools are trying to come together and actually provide some housing for, for their teachers. And that requires a statutory change down in Lansing. And so I'm watching all these really highly creative solutions that to help homelessness, which is part of the crisis up there, the, the Sioux tribe um, up in Sault Ste. Marie, instead of just sitting around staring at each other, from, what do we do? They went and bought a motel and have fixed it all up, and yeah. it's got 27 units in it. So, I, I mean, we're looking at anything we can do to help, and yeah, that, you're right. We, I actually had somebody say that in Traverse City to me, who's in the tourism industry. Is look, we we want to promote the area, but we can't do it if we can't have more people working in this. We don't need any more tourists right now. We need housing for our people. So yeah, it is. I mean, it's the chicken and the egg, right? Totally, it yeah. totally is. And, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way. My wife and I stared at each other, saying, "We'd love to sell our house. It's gone up in value, but." But where are we going to go? <laughs> you know, there's nowhere to go. I can't afford these other houses. So it's just amazing um, what's happened. And we've got to it. That, that, it's a really complicated problem, ranging from everything from short-term rentals to um, the cost of building and regulations. And so there's just it, it's taken a while to get here. It's going to take a while to get out. Very briefly, the um, you mentioned that the governor finally presented her budget. Uh, give a couple yep. of highlights, some of the things that are, you know, uh, uh, very exciting and some yep. of the things that are like glaring. Uh, we don't, as a Republican, don't agree with where that money's going to go. Absolutely. And and that's, I'm glad you asked the question that way, because I'm not the kind of guy who just likes to complain about everything. So I was sitting there and I just pulled out my notes. When I was at the, I'm on appropriations. And so I was there. She presented and I was writing down things that that I liked and things that I didn't like. And so I like things like, you know, the fact that they are taking affordable housing very seriously. There is a lot of money they're proposing for behavioral health, which we we all know how mental health up here is a real crisis. I think that that's good. There are, um, let me see, there's good money in there, it looks like, for state park maintenance. And this is something that the state of Michigan does a beautiful job on. I mean, we're campers. My wife and I, we have a little travel trailer, and we go around our state parks, and they are a treasure. And they're accessible for everybody. If you're in a tent, you you don't need a lot of money to do this, and it's just a really great thing. I like that. Um, You know, there's um, one thing I don't like is that that uh, they're they're going to start weighting the school foundation allowance, um, which is the amount per pupil we pay. This was a huge accomplishment a couple of years ago that that passed late at night. That after 30 years, we finally evened it out, so every student in the state of Michigan gets the same amount of money, um, uh, or you know, or every school per right. kid gets yeah. the same amount of money. They're going to change that, and and overall. 
there's a bunch of stuff in there for electric vehicles. Like the state is going to offer $2,500 to buy an EV. I mean, that's not the state's job. No. And we all know there's a huge challenge with even the technology. If anybody's watched what happened in Chicago with the Teslas a few weeks ago where they couldn't take a charge and they got abandoned, it was amazing. So, And then the overall thing, I, there, there is a challenge overall. The $80.2 billion is just far too much to be spending in the state of Michigan. I don't know, being in minority, that we can change that. So that sort of changes my oper- the way I'm going to operate. I'm just assuming they're going to spend that much money and anyways, with or without me. So I'm going to try and get in and negotiate for some things that make the budget better and help northern Michigan. And so not all of our money goes downstate. But but that's just an awful lot of money in my mind. Yeah, it's a bigger conversation for another day, and we will definitely have you back on because a lot of eyeballs have been on this budget um, because it is our tax money. I mean, it's yeah. I, I paid it in, and you paid it in, and everybody that's listening yeah. had paid it in. So you should have a pretty um, a big say in where it's going to go. Uh, I would say. Senator John DeMoose, how do your constituents get a hold of you? Because I know you're very active in the community. Okay. Yeah. Well, the best, the best place is to um, yeah, uh, go ahead and give my office a call, and I will give you that. Hold on. I always just uh, – you know, none of us know phone numbers anymore. I have it in my phone. <laughs> yes, of course. Office. It's saved. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you this. So uh, can I give you the office number. is 317 2413 and um and that that's the best way call and we will get back to you and and i'll also find you know go to my facebook page um, for senator john demus if you're on facebook i post literally every day i write most of that stuff every now and then someone will throw up a press release if i've got a if i've got a uh, an office that's coming up but this is all sort of things that i write and i and i read the comments all the time and so, and the other one is come see me in an event. We're we're about to start doing all kinds of uh, coffee uh, hours and things like that around the district. So reach out. I this is the part of the job I love is working with the constituents. I know that to be very true. It's been a, a pleasure relating with you for the last few years. And as I said, we'll be back in touch. That sounds great. Thanks, Jerry, for having me on. Thank you, Senator John DeMoose. We will be back after these words from our fine partners on Q100's Northern Focus, brought to us by Kirtland Community College. Goodies in the green room come from Bay Bread Company in downtown Traverse City. They're baking their buns off for you. WQON Grayling. Made in Northern Michigan. Q100 Michigan. A division of Blarney Stone Broadcast.